And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to a brand new episode of My Public Life as an American Nerd. I'm Kevin, and joining me today is Christian. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing fantastic. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. We're freezing. And of course, Elijah, what's up? Ripping and tearing. Ripping and tearing in this freezing weather. Um, yeah, uh, things are going pretty good. Like we talked about before we got on air, it's snowing here, uh, up here in wonderful Portland right now. Um we, uh, I was supposed to go to Fan Expo this weekend. Uh, yeah, supposed to cover it for Pastrami Nation. Um, but unfortunately, weather did not permit for that, which is kind of a bummer. Um, which, well, not kind of. It is a bummer. I've never been to a Fan Expo before. Have you ever been to a Fan Expo? I've not. I've not oh. been to, specifically to a Fan Expo, no. Yeah. Looks really cool. Sounds really cool. Uh, the guest list was pretty crazy this year you had people like uh rain wilson and vincent dionafrio and um um charlie cox and you know all these great um actors voice actors and all these really real uh, jason lee was there um ethan supley a bunch of great people um fortunately you had to miss it um hope everyone who went had a good time stayed safe and um yeah uh, as being as being okay out there in this crazy 14 degree weather um but yeah it would have been really cool to check out but um you know life happens things happen um, right this yeah. weekend we have a what are they calling it the polar vortex or yeah. the her what is it called though? something bomb it's a polar vortex polar vortex again so the last time this happened um texas froze over and uh ted cruz left the country that whole thing happened so <laughs> hell literally that, froze over literally froze over so i know um if you're listening to this by the time this goes up hopefully you guys have found your way to the other end of it um depending on where you're listening from um i am very privileged uh and i i'm not really it is currently like seven 52 degrees outside it's seven it's seven o'clock at night i'm in southern california so uh kevin and eli however are a little farther up north you guys are up in yeah, portland up in portland i uh i don't mind it i don't have to work today so i don't mind like we uh had a fire going in the fireplace uh we have heater so that's good um, i'm gonna go make some hot it, cocoa he's gonna go make some hot cocoa oh, i think ellie's working i think ellie is wants to make some brownies so she's gonna be making yeah, some brownies <laughs> um so that's brownies. like the perfect weather for brownies oh it really is it really is another good and thing. hot cocoa another good thing about I'm it which i love have hot cocoa though yeah no that's true another good thing about it which i love is that um, we get to stay inside and mm. play video games all day hey. and um, watch some uh, TV shows. So today, uh, so I've been playing Ellen Wake 2. And I got to tell you all about this game because this game is insane. It's intense. It's psychological. Can you fill us in on Ellen Wake 1? Because I didn't even play that one. Yeah, like, so it's, it's been a while since I played Ellen Wake. Okay. Just to clarify, like you actually don't have to play Ellen Wake 1 in oh, order great. to understand Ellen Wake 2. Um, Ellen Wake 1, he's just a, he's a writer and he gets basically trapped in his own story, essentially, and he has to get his way out. This one uses the same kind of ideas, um, but I love it because it's 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 scary. It, it's truly psychological horror. Um, but there's a lot of, you play as two characters. You play as this character named Saga Anderson, who's this detective and the whole game takes place up up in, in Washington, small Washington town, Pacific Northwest. Everything's kind of dark and dreary. Uh, Alan Wake, he's been missing for like 30 or 13 years. Um, a writer who's been missing and all these weird things have been happening. Anyways, he randomly shows up at, on, on a shore and he's starting to realize, I mean, this isn't a spoiler. This is all kind of in the trailer that his, his stories are coming to life. Like his world that he created is coming to life. Um, and Saga is part of it somehow. And she's trying to figure out how she's part of his stories. And he doesn't even know, like he's trying to figure it all out. Really, really cool concept. Really, really cool idea. 
if you're a writer, you're going to love it. Like there's already like 15 quotes from it that I want to get tattooed on my body, <laughs> like just about writing and like how, you know, cause he writes horror, he writes thrillers and those are things I like to write as well. Um, but this Does game have is- like twin peaks vibes. Is yes. That- one, 100%. It's, it's, it's twin peaks, but in video games form, like that it's, awesome. it's, it's insane. Like, like there's, and did you ever play um, quantum break? No. Which was a game? No. Uh, so the, it was uh, made by um, the su- same studio that did this one. Square Enix. No, no this is not Square Enix. Enix. Um, oh, can can you get the name yes. for it? Um, but oh, Remedy, Remedy Games. Mm. Yeah, Remedy Games. Mm. They created that one. Um, the cool thing about Quantum Break and this, and what they kind of have in common, is that Quantum Break was certainly an action title, but they in Quantum Break, yeah, actually, there's like these live action cutscenes within to create like a TV Whoa. show while you're playing. Interesting. So it's like a, a TV, like a season. I remember. Show, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You, you play like the the parts in between where you play the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really cool concept. And actually, I thought Quantum Break worked really well. Like it it flowed really well. It None of it felt out of place or anything. This is the same thing. There's a lot of live action elements to it. Uh, Both of which are also third-person shooters, uh, in a sort of sense. Well, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Third-person. Yeah, absolutely. It's got that camera right behind you, and um, but it mixes live action and you know video game, and it's almost seamless sometimes. Like there are times when I'm playing it, I can't tell if it's like live action or if it's that's great. You know, um, yeah, rendered. But um, this game is trippy as as hell. It's it's scary. It's legitimately a mind f. You know what I mean? Like it screws with your head so much. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Um, it's just perfect, especially for this time of year. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. The only thing that I would say is a bad thing about it is there is no physical copy available of it. You can only purchase it digital if you're a physical media collector. Uh, so you can only get it digitally it's available on switch or not sorry not on switch not on switch it's Thank on the uh, playstation 5 and the xbox series x, x and s so are x you guys uh physical all physical on video game i am physical 100 there are some games if they're on a really good sale or if they're only available physical i will or digital i will do digital i'll take it however i can get it yeah, he'll do anything. I personally like to have the feeling of it in my hands. Yeah. Uh, there well, are certain games that like I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna go buy it physically, like on a big release. Yeah. I think Cyberpunk, I I had to get that one physical. Um, mm-hmm. Red Dead, I think I got physical, but I think a lot of them because even it's we're now at the point now, like for the for those of us that are closer to Kevin and and. <coughs> Um, you used to be able to like just bring a game to somebody's house and pop it in and play it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what I mean? But now it's like you have to install the game. So even if you buy a physical media, you have to still spend a few hours installing the game. It's a whole thing. And then there's now like ownership things, licensing. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. It really sucks. Um, so sometimes it's just I, I might as well just download it. Yeah. Understandable. Point. No, I... I... <clears throat> Yeah, I I just for the rights issues and stuff like yeah. that. I, like you know, that's my only. That's one of my biggest concerns with it. Um, but because for all the same reasons as Blu-ray, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same reason yeah. that you should be buying physical media. One hundred percent. You know. Yeah. One hundred percent. Um. But yeah, uh, Alan Wake Two. Uh, go play it. It's. It was nominated for Game of the Year. Um, and it certainly deserves to be in that category. It does. You know, in that um. I get that nomination. So this was um, really a stacked year. I don't, I, you know, yeah. I, I do think Baldur's Gate deserved it, but I don't think that was an easy win by, you know, I didn't no. even play that much no. this year, but just by looking at the field, like that's some stiff competition. It's D and D in video game form. Yeah. Which is, yeah. that's why I have a fantastic studio. So it's going to be hard to beat. And you're going up what is against what is quite possibly the best Zelda game ever. Made. Yeah. You're going up so, against the best of Nintendo. Yeah. Alan Wake released like what, 15 years after the original. Yeah. You know, much awaited sequel. There's just so many big things. Starfield finally released this year, which okay. I don't even know if was nominated. No. Uh, no. Yeah, it's, see, it's crazy. That's how stacked this was that Starfield didn't even get nominated, mm-hmm. which is um, nuts. Yeah, so we played that, and then um, 
Well, okay, so uh, t- t- tell us about this game that we so we oh, we, yes. we have the PlayStation um, Plus membership thing. So we this game was on there, and he's like, "Dad, I think you would really like this game." I watched the um, the so I'm a big rhythm. I like rhythm games, like mostly mm-hmm. n- not like you know DDR or anything like that. Not that kind of rhythm games, but like um, but like hit the button at like the right time. Listen, I was I was a I love Guitar Hero. Not gonna lie, yes, I was oh. like. I jam. I love guitar. There's this game called Amplitude that was out on the PlayStation 2 that I really loved. Um, so I like beat games where you have to go to the rhythm. Um, so tell us about what, what's this game called? Metal Hellsingers. Okay. What's the basic concept? So it so it's like Doom, except for if you hit the beat on the right time, you get a like a power multiplier and your attacks do much more, and if you get a time sixteen multiplier, then that's when the lyrics start to kick in. Right. So, so essentially, what this is is it's a first person shooter slash slasher, whatever yeah. hack and slash. That is cool. But it's a rhythm. But so basically, you play this demon who breaks, who basically loses her voice in hell. You're fighting to get it back. But the whole soundtrack is metal, so it's like these hardcore metal riffs, and you have to attack. You're, you have to time your attacks to the beat. And once you do that, like the lyrics start to kick in and then you're on kind of a roll. And then um, recently they added a DLC with like the like some really good pop song as, a, yeah. as well. So so their big thing for the DLC was like, we're not only for heavy metal heads. It was like, they have things like um, like Paramore, like Misery Business and like all these songs that you can download. Gorillas. Gorillas, like all these really, really fun songs. Um. It was interesting though. I, I played for a little bit. I couldn't quite get the the beat thing right because I haven't played a rhythm game in so long, especially this kind of rhythm game. Um, and the markers are so weird that it was hard for me to to get mm. used to. So I gave it to him to play, and he loved it. Oh, it was so fun! Yeah, like I don't really play a whole lot of like rhythm games. Like I play more of like the first third person shooters, like Apex, Overwatch, Fortnite, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this game is just like Doom, except for a rhythm game, and you just go through hacking and slashing yeah. and just matching to the rhythm. Yeah, it's fun. It's really cool for all you metalheads out there. Check it out. I think you're gonna love it. Um, that I, it's really, you know, I, 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 okay, this is gonna, this might go down a different path. Um, Kevin and I listened to a lot of very similar music in that yeah. the 2000s, late 90s. Um, you know, I think both of us were what are we were scene kids. Is that what we were considered? Oh so, yeah, oh yeah. But our our kids make fun of me and my wife for that a lot. Yeah, yeah. We're <clears throat> the the elder millennials or the scene kids of the two thousands. But I I think there was we we are living in a very different time of music, uh, where <laughs> especially what is is popular and mainstream is very different than what it used to be. Actually, not that different from 10 years ago, but if you go back like 15 years ago, it is very different. I kind of like there is, is there a correlation between the end of like rock band and the death of like rock music and popular culture? I think so. I think so. I think uh, things like rock band and Guitar Hero kind of brought, I think, a new um, depth to a lot of the songs that we loved mm-hmm. and kind of made them bigger, right? Like mm-hmm. they made them hits i really yeah kind of like the tony hawk soundtracks right like not even like tony hawk 2 especially was like such a big i remember you know i heard that that was the first time i heard band like less than jake and like a bunch of these other bands that i um you know goldfinger all these bands i I knew who they were but it wasn't really till then that i really started listening listening to to them yeah um but i do think that there is a correlation between things like that because and plus rock band was built off of obviously popular rock music at the time so but yeah i i do think so what do you think i i i do like i and but i also like it brought such awareness to rock music that wouldn't have been available to i would say most of the people that played those games had it not been for so because i remember there was a time in class when i i I like to play music when they're drawing you know i'll lecture but when it's time to draw i'll just play music i put on um maps by uh, the yeah yes And nope. some girl said, Ugh. and I was like, excuse me. She was like, oh, no, it's just, you know, I hear this so much when you play rock band. And I'm like, no, 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 you do not ugh, maps. 
if if I hear anything out of <laughs> this class, I'm like, I don't care. That's like, the, like true. they're overexposed, and that's a good thing. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? To be so exposed to good music like that. So yeah, I yeah. was listening to Hedgerow Will Roll one day in my film class while editing, and my friend looks over on my screen and sees what I'm listening to, and he's like, "Who the hell is that? Like, what are you listening to?" It's because you guys have good parents who yeah you have good, you see the good exactly music right. yeah. Like, I, re I remember being at a Yaya yeah show at the Henry Fonda Theater and I ran into, I went with my friend and uh, I went to the bathroom and I ran into some friends from school and it was these two guys and they were like, Christian, yo, what's up? And then immediately like, yo, what are you doing here? I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm with my friend. They're like, I don't even like this. This is for girls. I don't even like it, but I don't even know. I'm just here because of my girls here. And I'm like, well, I love it, dude. I've yeah, Carrie yeah. was like one of the most badass oh, amazing, fun yeah. people. Of like, if you've ever if you've ever get a chance till this day to see them live, mm -hmm. please do yourself a favor. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And it's funny, my daughter she got an order from Hot Topic the other day. I wasn't sure what was in these, <laughs> what was in the package. I'm like, what's what's going on? I thought she had gotten some. So there's these two guys on 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 YouTube called Sam and Kobe. They do a lot of ghost hunting and stuff. Like they're actually really fun to watch. But mm. um, she's like obsessed with them and Timothy Chalamet right now. It's a whole <laughs> thing. But anyways, that's that's besides the point. What we're talking and about. Bieber. So she got and Bieber. Yeah, she just started a Bieber phase too, which I'm like a little late, but okay. Yeah. Um, but um, she got the shirts in, and I'm like, oh, cool. Let's see what we got. So she got a My Chemical Romance shirt, the uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge shirt, um, and she got a cranberry shirt the cranberries i was very very proud of her but at the same time i was like what the f do you know about the cranberries? I, yeah. and then like but she like she digs them and i'm like part of it i do feel like has to do That's with crazy. me and my wife being very like the kind of music we listen to and stuff like that obviously rubs off on them um but i was like i'm stealing this cranberry shirt first yeah, of all. that's would... totally something i would have worn at your age i would have worn that at 12 years old like 100 percent um so what what kind of music was going on when you were a kid like what kind of music were your parents playing in the house for me honestly it was so my dad was a big tears for fears guy like tears oh, for fears was like cool. his number one band phil call like genesis um but this was like early like the 80s right i remember when my dad and my stepmom got together um they were obsessed with guns and roses like everyone was at the time appetite mm -hmm. for destruction had just come out yeah. it was one of the biggest albums of all time and it was playing constantly we we had just gotten a cd player too so this was 91 whatever 91 92 uh guns and roses a lot of like a whitney houston bobby brown yeah. um black street like all kinds of um really really great stuff that i still like I'm not gonna lie like the bodyguard soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time just because i grew up with that and that was like kind of my thing um do you but, remember uh, the first album boys to men boys to men was your first album so, no, no 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 what were we gonna say oh, oh i was gonna first ask album you, I got? Are you picked out for yourself like or you might have purchased yourself or you asked your mom to buy for you <laughs> yes i do remember yeah. uh, it wasn't until like I was 15 or 16. I might have okay. been 14. No, I think it was 14 or 15. Um, what? The song that rubbed off from you to me. Oh, yeah. No, I do that a lot. Um, there's this band, by the way, called Stand Atlantic, who I love. Like, there's this pop punk band from Australia. Freaking amazing. And they do all these remixes. They're great. But anyways, my very first album that I ever bought, I remember I bought it at, I don't know if you remember what Rite Aid used to sell CDs. Like they, they had like a little rack. Yeah, they didn't. Um, I saved up money. Um, I needed the new, there's this brand new band that came out. I was super stoked to get their album. And it was a little band called Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> yes. And it was the uh, the Letter Cry. The one with Letter Cry. And um, I can't remember the name of the album. Broken Rear View. That was the name of the album. Oh my that was God, the that very was first cool. album that I actually bought with my own money um, that I really, really needed. And I really, really wanted. And that was my first album. What was yours, Christian? The first album that I fell in love with was Michael Jackson's Bad. Um, that was, oh, yeah. as, an, as an 80s kid, I knew that album front to back. I knew all the dances, the choreography, everything. Um, mm. But the first album I think I remember asking my parents for, I must, I think I was in fourth grade. Um, there's a little a little duo called Crisscross. Uh, this little kid, I miss the bus. Yeah, <laughs> I miss the bus. Uh, and then uh, jump, jump. Uh, it was that album. Also, um, 
But yeah, I remember, I think I must have been like in third or fourth grade and I was asking for that. I think by another important one was sixth grade. Oh man, I don't know if you remember Warren G. Uh, oh, 100 Regulators. Like, yeah, Regulators, that album. I was in fifth, sixth grade when that came out. And like, um, I remember that whole summer. That's all I listened to. Um, Dude, I, I I listened to that too. Um, Hootie was the first one I bought with my own money. Um I, I I remember I remember that Warren G album was such a big deal in my house too. My brother had gotten it, and yeah. man, that whole album was just something else. Coolio, Gangsters Paradise, yep. oh my God, uh, another album that was just like incredible from beginning to end. Um, a lot of early hip hop. Like I didn't really get into like the kind of music I listen to now until I was a little bit like mid teens, a little bit later. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. yeah, so like I was maybe like four. 14, 15, when I first heard like Blink-182 or Green Day. Uh, I think it was Green Day. Duke, like, oh, I remember it was 120 minutes on MTV and I was staying up late and they played um, um, the, 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 the Basket Case. And I was like, who are these guys? What is this? What's going on? Um, and then they played Damn It, like right after I felt like. And then I was like, oh, shit. Like it opened up like a whole new world for me. So yeah, I kind of was raised on like not raised, but I kind of grew up on like R and B and hip hop, same um, like same. a lot mostly. But I had uh, I've always had family in Seattle, so like even when we were young and I would go to Seattle, my cousins, you know, it's like ninety ninety one, yeah, and they're oh. like, oh, check out Pearl Jam, check out Nirvana, check out yeah. Soundgarden. So like I, you know, I was. Well, when did Paranoid Android come out? That was what? Um, Gosh, I think that was ninety. I want to. Like, like I love that album and yeah. I was like 10 you know mm -hmm. like I, I was a 10 year old loving like Radiohead loving kid so I had I think mostly like my demographic where I grew up like Asian kids growing up here hip-hop it's hip-hop you yeah. know what I mean and I, I just was always exposed to like because I remember like that like man like Blind Melon um um, like that whole like early nineties alternative. Dude, yeah, one hundred percent. Like that whole wave of like music. Hootie and the Blowfish was a big part of that too for me too. So oh, dude, that album uh, is amazing, not gonna lie. Like Letter Cry song, still freaking crazy. Another one that was really big for me was uh, Life is Peachy by Corn. Like that one, one of my friends let me borrow it, and um I was like enamored with it. Like I was like, it was kind of introducing me to new kinds of music than what i was being raised to and and what i had been listening to my whole life and that's kind of when i fell in love with that whole kind of scene um, that was actually my first real concert was corn oh was it so i think i was a junior in high school maybe a sophomore actually and my friend had tickets and she couldn't go anymore so she gave them to me and my other friend mark it was corn and, and they were opening for rob zombie um it's so cool and i was not ready you know, I'm a little kid who yeah. kind of knows about this music, but doesn't really listen to it. I kind I kind knew corn, you know, mm -hmm. but like I was like, I looked at my friend Mark and I was like, Mark, I think this is how we die. Like <laughs> it was so scary. Like it was at the Glen Helen Pavilion. People were like tearing their clothes off, literally lighting it on fire. People were like starting fire pits and moshing around right. the fire pits. If you looked at it, looked like a seascape from hell. It was just fire pits and like people like moshing around the fire pit and you know 15 year old me i'm like i love you mark if if this if you're the last face that i see then i'm glad i'm glad it's you buddy oh um but yeah it was a, it was a it, rob zombie was animatronics and pyrotechnics Dude. is all i'm gonna say it's crazy rob zombie i would he's he's a bucket list concert for me which i have not seen him yet um yeah and like 90s concerts were a whole different breed man like they were wild like yeah. insane um but yeah so like actually speaking of rob zombie i do want to bring something up uh have you watched echo at all i've been meaning to get around to it so okay. i did you finish it or you just started it? we're on we just finished episode three um uh, really good like i uh I, I put like a short review uh, like just kind of what we've seen so far right and, i saw I really, really love it. I think episode three made me just like, like episode one and two, I liked it, but like episode three just kind of like made me love it. Um, <clears throat> there's so much about it that I love. I, I have to, so it's tied into the daredevil world, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's, 
you know comics i'm i don't know i'm not explaining to you um but um it's just so cool how it's all kind of blending together with that world uh her name's alequa cox the actress who plays echo yeah my god like she's incredible like echoes death you know the character is deaf my uh she's deaf and she's deaf in real life as well yeah she's deaf and an amputee in real life uh, oh, she, she's also an amputee yeah she's also an amputee. oh shit i thought that was just for and, the show uh, no and uh, you know we saw her a little bit in hawkeye right like we yeah. got any glimpse of her a little bit we were here like I've always had a really strong appreciation for like American sign language. I know it's going to sound, but like mm. watching something like this, you see like, there's just this beautiful, this beautiful rhythm to it all. Right. Like that, like I never really understood before, but after watching this and you see characters like having full on, con- I, I, I love the representation in it on that aspect because like you, these characters are just having full on conversations in sign language. And to me, it hits me harder when they're doing that than when they're talking and arguing. There's something about it that just clicks. That's it seems more, I don't want to use this word in a bad way, but it feels more like primal in a way. Like it feels more emotional and feels more like raw. And that's what I love it about like it so they're far. They're more connected. They're more connected. Like there's something special going on with them. And it's kind of a language that they understand that, you know, only they understand we need subtitles for. But there's something so beautiful about it and raw about it that I absolutely just gravitate towards the characters 100%. Uh, everyone plays into it 100%. Uh, and I, I uh, you know, as we know, Vincent D'Afrio, am I saying his name right? Vincent D'Afrio, I think, right? Yeah, he's back as Kingpin. Yeah. Um, and he's incredible as always. always. And I love too that this, this feels... It feels like a good combination between what the MCU has done and what the the Daredevil show was. Like it's kind of like meets it in the middle where it's not like it's Disney Plus's first TVMA show. So it's it's got blood. There's some brutal, brutal scenes in it. Um, there's a oneer in the first episode that I absolutely love. I don't want to spoil the first episode because it something really cool happens. I don't awesome. want to talk that about already it. is cool. Yeah. And um and it really hits that that dark tones and everything of the Netflix stuff, as well as kind of brings it into the MCU world, which I think is really really cool. So, um, did you guys watch all of the Netflix stuff? Like, so all I watched the... the first two seasons of Daredevil. Okay, uh, I watched. one's good too. If you like the first two, you'll love the third one. I need to. Yeah, I want yeah. to. I really do want to watch the third one. Um, uh, I love Jessica Jones. Like Jessica yes. Jones was my favorite show out love of all it. those. The first season, at least, I didn't get David Tennant. How do you go wrong? His like his 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 pronunciation is Jessica. Like, yeah. <laughs> my God, yeah. gave me chills every time. Um, uh, Luke Cage, I actually enjoyed. I thought Luke Cage was really well done. Um, I like the first I, six episodes of the first season. Yeah, the whole back end of that fell apart for me. But I think he's. I liked him as a character more in Jessica yeah. Jones than I did in his own show. Uh, I, I realized there was also Mahershala Ali. Just oh my god, dude, oh. that guy stole the show. 100%. But as soon as 100%. he was gone, I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. I never even bothered with Iron Fist. I, I just didn't it. really it have any. I, just any I actually it. love Iron. Fist. I, really? okay. I I am like a I don't know I don't get it like people brag on it so much and like some of my favorite Netflix characters come from Iron Fist. Like I, I do love Colleen. I did tell him that I do want to watch them all like again yeah. so he can watch them all too. We can watch them together since they're all oh that's one thing Marvel announced this week is that it's all yeah. canon. So all that stuff that we saw in those Netflix shows is all canon. I um, would say um Punisher season one also peak. Like peak, peak. Oh, I heard that was phenomenal. Um, um, like, I, but here's the thing Daredevil to me is now looking back, is not, it, it was, I would have easily said it's better than anything Disney Plus has done. At, mm-hmm. Not even close, not even close. As much as I love WandaVision, as much as I right. love Loki, oh, season pales, one pales in comparison. I agree to Daredevil. I agree. Uh, and like so, so I, I'm excited that you know that they are are kind of canonizing it all and they're bringing it back and they're trying to stay in this lane for Echo. I, mm-hmm. It's really exciting yeah. to hear everything you're saying. And it's I got a, it's great. Good question: Whatever happened to Elektra? The Daredevil. So there's a it it they could, there's more of her story on the Defenders series. So if you yeah. watch the Defenders, um, they they have a lot more of her story. Um, but her story 
is only in season two of Daredevil, and mm-hmm. then it picks up again in the Defenders. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, but like Echo, um, I highly, highly recommend it. It's it does this, you know, her as a character. I know nothing about the character, I and mean, I, I the only thing I know is from what I saw in Hawkeye and kind of some loose connections, and I did kind of Google some stuff. Um, but um, yeah, the way like they they get into a lot of the culture too, which I think is incredible. Um, there's an episode of What If this season that actually focuses on her tribe like a long time ago um, and has is, introduces a brand new character we've never seen before, Kahari. She's a Native American character and she was badass and I wish we can see more of her. Um, but, um, but yeah, and it, it goes really into the cultural aspect of it all what kind of powers like echo has and stuff and how they're all connected to our ancestors and all these things really well done really beautiful story um highly highly recommend it i'm hoping they land it uh still a couple more episodes left um but so far i'm 100 like enthralled by it and in love and there's a really really great uh dragula <laughs> needle drop in uh, episode three that i absolutely like got me so excited. Zombie. exactly that's what kind of brought me onto this um but um but yeah, uh, check out Echo if you haven't. Um, we're also finally catching up with uh, Only Murders in the Building. Um, I Dana loves it. She's she, she I I catch it and I I I love Martin Short and I love Steve Martin. Um, so I will watch we, anything with him. So we started the first season when it first came out, and then we just kind of dropped off. And like mm. last night, we finally went like we're like you know screw it, we need to do this. So last week or so, we've been binging the first season. I know there's two more seasons, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. two more. Um, I know they introduced like Paul Rudd's in it now, and uh, Meryl Streep shows up in next yes. season, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really stoked to to uh, finish that up as well, or get onto season two because it's a great show. Like it's really well done. Like you said, Steve Martin and Martin Short, even Selena Gomez, like she's yeah. Especially with those guys, um, absolutely wonderful. Like I'm really, really digging it so much. So, um, yeah, I just there's just a couple other things I want to talk about because I need to get some things off my chest. I know it's kind of movie stuff related. Um, I think this one's kind of funny. Uh, so David Gordon Green, he's well known for the Halloween. He rebooted the Halloween franchise. He also directed the more recent Halloween um, or Exorcist Believer. Um, he left the new sequel that's going to be coming out for Blumhouse. Like he was supposed to direct it and write it, but now he is no longer involved. Um, he kind of had this trilogy in play over at Blumhouse. Um, I think it was the reception of, so, so the word is that the reception of the first one just gave them no faith. Um, so they bought, you know, Blumhouse and Universal bought the rights to the Exorcist from warner brothers for like some hundred like 300 million dollars or something some astronomical amount so they can go and do their movie and they they don't even own it fully they just kind of they're basically rented it from warner brothers to be able to make their own trilogy the exorcist believer didn't bring in nearly as much that they were hoping for um i think what they were hoping for that movie would bring in enough to kind of subsidize what they spent on it. And then the rest would be profit that did not happen. So I think they're worried. They're scared. They don't know what's going to happen now, but yeah, anyways, he exited the project, um, which is not a good sign. Um, not at all. Hopefully they're looking at retooling it because exorcist believer, I wasn't a fan of, I kind of, I didn't hate it, but it felt like a generic exorcism movie could have been called anything else other than the exorcist we got a better exorcist movie this year as well i think the pope's exorcist the pope's exorcist yeah i would say that was better that wasn't great but it was better than the exorcist believer ouch 100%. yeah 100 um we just got, on, uh, you, you disagree i didn't see him uh but yeah. from what i hear that's yes yeah, it's, it's crazy um uh, lawrence fishburne is coming on to the witcher season i heard season. He, yeah, what do you think about that? Are you very interesting because he's a very I mean, I guess the vibe who is he playing again? I don't know if there's a say in front of you this character. Um let me, let me pull it up I here. I can't remember. Uh but yeah, he's a pretty prominent character in The Witcher. Um it looks so picture cartoon or like comic book Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. That that's I, pretty much what the character looks like. So I, I think it's really a picture of him. Um he's like very traditional vampire. Yeah, Regis, thank you. Um, yes. But I think that's a really inspired choice because I think like he can do. Lawrence Fishburne is not is a person oh. who is not afraid to get weird. No, um, not at all. Yeah. So let's it's get weird, man. dude. 
Um, Pigeon Man. Um, yeah, all those all those great great roles. Um, yeah. Predators. He was really weird too. Yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, John Krasinski and Natalie Portman are teaming up, which I think is a good team. They're going to be in Guy Ritchie's next movie called Youth, uh, which is a heist movie. Um, oh, <clears throat> there we go. Heist movie. Yeah, Natalie Portman in a heist movie. I'm this really really interesting. Yeah, I think it'll be good. It'll be good. Um, I'm, I'm just happy that it's a Guy Ritchie. Guy oh. Ritchie project, and it's a heist movie again. So that's a this is exactly where he shines. Totally on board with that. Totally on board with that. Um, Fast Eleven is going to be going back to basics, they say. Um, because I think I don't think Fast X really made as much as they were hoping. I think Fast Eleven is this the last one? This is supposed to be the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be the last one. So, so we'll see what happens there. Um. Madam Web's coming out in a couple months, oh Eli. Hey, Eli. This is the official franchise of Madam Web. Um, actually, no, legit. If any of the cast wants to come on and talk to us, I'm totally yeah. Let me see um, if we can score some red carpet stuff for you. Like, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, so I don't know if you know this, Christian. Uh, mean Girls musical came out this week into theaters. Are you guys planning on seeing it? No. Uh, so I was, I want to take my daughter, my daughter, Ellie, she's obsessed with Mean Girls. And so I'm not going to lie. I think the first Mean Girls is a classic. Like, yeah, it's I saw really it in theaters. Lovely. I love, I love the it's original Mean Girls. Incredible. Um, I don't know. They're not going to obviously top it. I, I'm going in with very, very tempered expectations, <laughs> not even expecting it to be great so or good. So, but if it's great, I'm more than happy. I am excited though that like Tina Fey and Tim Meadows are coming are back for yeah. this. Um, Tina Fey had a lot to do with the writing and stuff too, and I love Tina Fey, and I think she's um like, yeah, I, she's one of those people that's like, you know, she's up there with like the greatest writers, right? Like she's up there with like Conan when it comes to like just their writing capability, right? Like writing comedy specifically, um, they're like at the top of their game. Tina right? Fey is in my top five uh, comedians of all time she's incredible um so yeah i'm really really i'm excited to see it because of that um but again not holding my breath for anything great um and i'm i've talked about i love musicals so i'm not gonna lie i'm i'm there for that too so um radio silence the guys behind the new screen movies and um they also did uh, ready or not and a bunch of other stuff they released their trailer for their um for their new movie uh, called abigail which is about a (laughs) yeah did you see the trailer for well, okay. it? First of all, I got it. Ex- somebody in a video explained it, and I was like, oh, crazy. And then I watched the trailer. That person who explained it gave away a gigantic spoiler that the trailer does not give away. Oh, so please don't say that. I don't know anything about that. Well, I know about the girl and like who she is because the trailer does not say who she is exactly, but I found out. Oh, yeah. That was well, that's weird because, uh, yeah, that part of it's been like. Oh, like on the web. It hasn't been in the trailer. I haven't. Oh, okay. So I guess it's yeah. not a spoiler then. Um, like, that's yeah. That's like, really cool. It sounds crazy. Um, I think it's a cool story. You know, they kidnap a billionaire's daughter, and it turns out she's a vampire. Yeah. They're like, oh shoot, like maybe we. Yeah. Uh, but it's like a kind of a comedy, mm-hmm. not comedy. It's a horror, but it's like got that really like scream vibe where it's kind of humorous and like so tongue in cheek, but it's fun. Still. Yeah. yeah. Looks good. Um we also got uh we got a first trailer for the Amy Winehouse biopic Back to Black. I'm not sure who I can't remember who the lead actress who plays her, but she like she becomes Amy Winehouse. Like it's insane. Um I have to see this. Um, I love Amy Winehouse. It. Oh, Amy Winehouse was um, um, Marissa Abella. Uh, she'll both act and sing as Winehouse within the film, uh, which follows her rise to film in London in the early 2000s. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, Amy Winehouse, she was super talented. Like, I, it's always, you know, like they say, only the good die young, right? Um, she was going through a lot of stuff, though. So, um but yeah, uh, Netflix series are on uh, canon now. Are all are all canon? Um, oh, Danny Boyle and Alex Garland are coming back for a new Twenty Eight Days Later movie. Oh, I did hear that years later. Um, which you know I think could be cool. I like the first one. I like the first two. The second one was not directed by Boyle, but if he comes back, uh, I really like Danny Boyle. I think Danny Boyle um, is. Probably, I, I'm not going to say underrated at all because he's not underrated. People know what he can do, uh, but he's you know a train spotting uh, the beach. I actually love the beach. A lot of people mm-hmm. get the beach crap, but I think the beach is incredible. Slumdog Millionaire is one of those 
it's Slumdog Millionaire still to me is this really magical, really good movie. Like it's super depressing, obviously, because of the subject matter, but it's it's one of those movies that comes along once every few years, right? And I feel like Slumdog Millionaire is one of those. And uh, he did really, really good with that. Um, I do love The Beach too. I think that's an underrated movie of his. We uh, studied that movie in sociology in college. Oh, yeah? So yeah, it was, uh, we broke, we took like weeks breaking that movie down. It was awesome. I read the uh, I read the book before I saw the movie, mm-hmm. um, and the movie was just so good. Like it just it, and it was actually I think right. What year did that come out? Ninety nine. Ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, it's right around like, there. It wasn't long after we saw that was when we actually went to Thailand. <laughs> like oh, cool. how, how close they got it was actually really really cool. Um, so yeah, um, that's kind of a lot of the the kind of. Stuff I kind of wanted to talk about real fast. Oh, Top Gun 3 is coming out. Uh, huh? Or not coming out. Is in the works. It's, yes, in the yes. works. Not coming out. Not even working on there. It's in the works. So um, we'll see how it goes. And Tom Cruise signed a deal with Warner Brothers to produce a bunch of movies for them, to yeah. get projects for them. Um, that, of course, got the rumor mill speculated for an Edge of Tomorrow 2, which a lot of people have been clamoring for. Uh, I really enjoyed the first one. I thought Edge of Tomorrow was really fun. Live, die, repeat, whatever you want to call it. It had like four uh, different names. Um, I'd love to see a sequel to that. Oh, dude, 100%. I thought that was really well done. The um, first one was bonkers, but that's what makes it so good. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Of course, we got a Halo Season 2 trailer. Did you watch the Halo series at all? No, I, I don't. I will not watch it. Yeah, I will not watch it. One that watched it. What did you think? Horrible. There you go. <laughs> um, that, that'll be it for our um, our Halo review series. Yeah, Thank you all. They had um, one job. Like that was a really simple thing. One job. Does the big good voice and keep the helmet on. Keep the goddamn helmet on. I have a problem. I have a problem. So the guy who plays um, Master Chief. Master Chief. What does I forget his name in real life? John. Oh, the real life. Guy. I don't know his name. Yeah, real life. But he was the dude John from. Um, by the way. He was a dude from he was in Orange is a New Black. Mm. Like he was in the first, I think, two seasons, and they called him porn stash because he had the porn stash. So every time I see him, I'm like, where's your porn stash? Um, I never got a good look at him. So in my head, it's always just been Brad Garrett from Everybody <laughs> Loves Draymond. I don't know what he literally looks like. Did you did you ever watch <laughs> Orange is a New Black, by the way? I did not. I actually didn't watch that. I yeah. and also what is the um Kevin Spacey one? Um House of Cards. I was gonna. I heard there's something going on with that guy. Is he okay? I don't know. I heard them talking I, about that guy in the news. You know, um, last time I checked, uh, I think he was in. Uh, <laughs> he's not in jail, but um. Oh, and of course, um, our boy over there, uh, Jonathan Majors, um, is uh dropped out of the Dennis Rodman biopic, which he was supposed to be playing Dennis Rodman. Um, Damn, that would have actually been a really. It would have been. Really I mean, whatever. That's whatever. Did you watch his interview. Uh, he did. I interview. did. I did watch his interview. Days ago. Was the whole thing. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Uh, what, what was your What's your opinion on his interview? I don't think it really helped or, or hurt anything. I, I don't think, think it helped anything. or hurt anything to me. Yeah. Um, it felt it was very showy. Yeah. Like yeah. it was very. It was very. He's an actor. He's a good actor. There like, was something he said. She was like, "Oh, so why are you doing this?" Um, he was like, you know, to to I, it feels like an opportunity for me to say my piece, to be brave. Yes, He's like, that, I'm doing this to be brave. I'm like, you that, don't get to say that. You don't say that you're being brave. When he said to be brave, I was like, dude, that, that's actually that's the point I rolled my eyes. Yeah, that's exactly. The point I was like, nah, dude, like that's no, you're not being brave by doing this. Like, no. And like no, when he was it. talking about how he like, oh, how did you feel when the verdict came down? He's like, I was shocked. I was shocked. Like they were. They were wrong. I was, bro. You're lucky. You're shocked. lucky. Like I was just like, man. Like you can tell. Like I, I, yeah. I, I, I. He was totally putting on a show, and I was like, I was not buying any second of it. Um, listen, and my thing is, look, like people, right. people mess up really bad sometimes. Yeah, like, make mistakes. Yeah, I, and I hate to say this, but like, if you mess up, like, just own up to it, man. Yeah. Like. You're going to be whatever you're going to be sentenced to. I don't think he's going to do really any jail time, to be honest, because they were both misdemeanors. But like, just own up to it. Be like, look, like I fucked up and figure something out, man. Like, just do the best you can to make good and like do do whatever you can to, 
you know, to help victims and to don't make yourself the victim. Yes. You know? I hope he takes this as an opportunity to change, you know, and affect so. people in the future, you know, like make the situation so that people don't have to go through this, you know, you know, and, and it's true. And it's like, you know, I don't think so. Again, this might sound bad as also, but I don't think cancel culture is a thing anymore for very long. He'll be right? fine. He'll be fine. He'll, He'll be, be fine. fine. Give five years. He's going to be back on the scene. He'll be fine. But own up to your shit. Do what you got to do. Get the help you like legitimately get the help that you need. Don't say you're going to go get help. Go uh, get nah. some help. Yeah. Um, and, it doesn't hurt. And then, you know, what's up? Without getting into it, like no. uh, without getting into the whole thing of cancel culture, like I, I think the people that really should have been canceled, I think I, were canceled. I agree. Right? I agree. And I think now it's like, yes, there should be repercussions for things. You shouldn't be able to just say fucking whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But also people should be given an opportunity to like atone, to, you know, change, to to be better. You know what I mean? So, you know, obviously there are things that people do that was like, all right, fucking that's too much. But like, you know, if what? Oh, my God, I can't know. I don't know her name. Um, she was um, in so the, the New Hunger Games. Um, Snow oh, White. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Ziegler. Rachel Ziegler. She said some some not great stuff, right? But that's no reason. Yeah. Who cares, though? I'd still no reason to, like, boycott her. You know what I mean? It's just dumb, but it's like nobody's getting hurt from it. So, you know, how many times have we all said something dumb? We're like, oh, where you're like three days later, you're like, why the fuck did I say that? Constantly. Constantly. You know? So it's like we should give people. Yes, there are people that absolutely deserve to, like, Cut oh. them off, but you know, I think 100 percent dude. There was this uh, band I used to listen to called uh, Lost Prophets. Oh um, yeah. People like that deserve to burn, right? Like people forever like, for eternally. Forever. forever. Yeah. But there's like you know, there's there's other cases where you like listen, that's why we have our, our rehabilitation centers, right? Like that's what prisons are supposed to be for. I'm not getting into this debate or argument. You yeah, know, yeah. We're talking about this, but like that's what they're for. They're supposed to rehabilitate and help people get better, re, you know, turn to society and become beneficial members of society. Um, I, again, like you said, some people just can't, and it's just just throw right. them lock them uh, lock them up. Yeah, like, just bury them in a hole or something. But, but. Yeah, but that's like that. That is a very small percentage, right? Like that is uh, of the whole pop- population as a whole. That's a very small percentage. Um, but the rest should be able to 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 learn from their mistakes. Yeah given resources to develop and to get better and to get out into the world it's how we grow this is how we learn exactly. human experience exactly. you know we've got to be able to have room to make mistakes 100 mm-hmm. you know. and you know who i that was really funny uh talking about cancel culture um which i'm I, not in a bad way like i thought this was really cool of him because i feel like people like him he, he was uh daniel tosh uh daniel tosh was talking about he was on a podcast mm, recently and i was actually really did did you did you listen to that parts of it i haven't heard the whole thing yet. yeah and even he was like yeah like people should be held accountable for their actions because mm. he's never truly said anything that has really offended like i like daniel tosh i think I he's love him. a yeah. funny stand-up comedian um but even he was like yeah like people should be held accountable for their words and for their actions and yes cancel culture should be real to an extent for the people who just aren't learning their lesson. Yep. Um, and it was really great to hear someone like him who makes a living, let's face it, he makes a living as a, I don't want to say buttons, but he, that's what he, yeah, that's what he's famous for. Yeah. yeah. And um, even he was like, yeah, no, some people like need to be checked, you know, and he's never crossed the line or anything. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really cool when you hear people like that comedians, people who are in that space be like, yeah, like this needs to happen. Like it's okay. And then you learn your lesson you come back. Like that's just the way it is, you know. And there was these. I I went down this little rabbit hole of Patrice O'Neill. So if you're listening to this and you guys don't yeah. know who Patrice O'Neill is, he's a stand-up comedian who passed away. I think about ten years ago. Yeah. Um, but easily one of the just naturally funniest people. One of um, I used to watch him on the. Uh, he used to be on the show with. Um, Colin Quinn used to have like a talk mm-hmm. show. Of, mm-hmm. It was like a politically incorrect type, and he would always come on. Always come on. That's where I like kind on. of yeah. started. Yeah, I love. He him. was that was like their big circle of like Bill Burr was part of their circle. I think Kevin Hart was part of Bill their Burr, circle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he this was so one of the conversations he was talking about. This really goes back. There was this 
radio host called Ron Imus. I don't know if you guys remember this, but he referred to some female basketball players as like nappy headed hoes. Um, and him as an old white man calling like young black women. Yeah. That uh, was a little icky. Um, and, you know, a lot of people kind of just rained hellfire on him. Um, and Patrice o- yeah. And Patrice O'Neill, a, you know, prominent comedian, also a black man himself, came to his defense um, and was saying he was like, I don't fucking disagree with this guy at all. Right. Mm-hmm. But the answer is not to to censor him or to stop him. You know what right. I mean? Because if you're censoring him, then like, when do you censor me? Right. If if I want right. to be able to say my piece, I have to be able to let you say your piece, too. Right. Like our, this open discussion is how we move forward. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With everything. Like, I don't know that, like, just sticking to our own bubbles is going to solve anything. No. And he said that was, you know, 2009 wow. or 2010 when he was saying that. It's crazy how much more poignant that is now, mm-hmm. you know, how much, how divided like this whole country has become. Oh, man. You know, there's a lot of horrible things happening right now. If you're listening to this, there's wars happening. People are dying as we speak, unfortunately, but not here, guys, because we're we're all about fun. So let's not talk about yeah. this. Anymore. No, I know. Um, but no, it's a good conversation to have. And I think, um, yeah, I think we said our our piece on that so that's pretty cool um but yeah um so christian have you um been playing or watching anything this week that you recommend um i have i'm gonna get into echo um this week i think there were a couple of other things that i've been meaning to get into but i got school starting next week i didn't get to do anything that i wanted to during the break as far as like video games um so but it did a lot of working out so that's 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 good That's very good. What about you, Eli? What you got? Got anything for this week you want to recommend? One Piece. Go watch it. It just entered a new arc. It's on its like something season. It's like 20 or so. Probably okay. even higher than that. And it, wow. Is it going to just go on forever? Is it like an evergreen? Never oh, no, it, uh, the manga has come out and said that the last arc that we were in that was the beginning of the end for this. Interesting, interesting. All right. Well, that's cool. And of course, you know, Echo, uh, highly, highly recommend checking it out. So if you haven't checked it out, go watch Echo. Um, I think that's our show, everyone. Thank you for checking it out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. As always, like and subscribe and share and leave comments and all that fun stuff. We like to hear you guys and we like to you guys to join the conversation so if anything popped up in the, the episode you want to talk about please let us know um you can find me on uh instagram facebook twitter tiktok uh kevin underscore hoskinson and christian where can they find you instagram tiktok um x i don't don't go on x i'm not i don't post on there i'm just kidding instagram and tiktok that's it facebook christian nakorda let's draw very cool all right that's where you can find us and uh thank you for joining us thank you for listening and uh, share also we love people love for you guys to share um be safe out there um wherever you guys are i know it's a winter time and places are it's getting crazy out there so just be safe be careful um and yeah you guys have a good day have a good night and uh happy new year i guess i don't know i don't know happy happy have a good year have a good 2024 we will talk to you guys later and as usual stay nerdy america bye-bye